Hey guys, welcome back to Transformation Church. I'm Brad Livingston, the lead pastor here at TC. And again, man, we are so excited about what God is doing um, and especially what's going on here uh, at the new campus and the building and all the renovations that's happening. Uh, we can't wait till you get to see uh, the, the new campus. And like Pastor Justin has been saying in the weeks past, we wanna remind you that the Take Your Stake Fund is going right now. And we wanna invite you to give to that uh, and participate in whatever format, however the Lord leads you to do that. But we've been in the new pause series and we're going to continue on with that today uh, and so we want you to join us go ahead and get out your bibles if you are in your homes if you're sitting on your couch if you're at a coffee shop wherever you're at we want to invite you to take out your bible and and uh, we're going to go to first samuel 16 and we're actually picking up this this uh story of the life of david and so we're we're kind of going on this journey of who david was and 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 all the elements throughout his life that god was showing us what was going on and there are key moments throughout david's life where it's almost like God hit the pause button, um, where he highlighted certain moments of David's life. And so each week we're kind of looking into those moments as we move through uh, different portions uh, of 1 Samuel chapter 16 and even getting into 17 just a little bit today. But we want to invite you to, to take out your Bibles and, and join us for that. And so as we saw last week, uh, David uh, is a young man who uh, is out in the fields with the sheep and the goats and he's uh, helping with the animals and his father brings in all of his brothers uh, because Samuel is coming to anoint the future king of Israel. And so as Samuel is looking for this king, God says, go and I'll show you who, to who I've selected. And so he goes and he looks through all of Jesse's sons, who is David's father, looks through all of Jesse's sons and says, none of these are it. And he says, uh, do you have any more sons? And he says, I have one more, the youngest, he's David, and he's out tending the sheep and he sends for him and he brings him in. Um, and that's kind of where we're picking up this week. Uh, and so we pick up in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. And that's kind of our opening section where we continue this story. And it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And so David has been out with the sheep and I, I, it, this kind of makes me think of the story of Cinderella. Now, I know that sounds really weird. This big bearded guy in a vest is talking about Cinderella. But I remember hearing the story of Cinderella, right? And, and for those of you that know the story, right, she is the stepsister and her, her stepsisters are trying to win the, the love of this prince and she's mistreated and all those things. And, and we don't necessarily know that David was mistreated by his brothers and his father, but... But what I feel like happens is in the story of Cinderella, at the very end, many of you know, she comes in, uh, all the women in the city are trying to fit their foot into the slipper, and then finally she walks in and it fits perfectly, and she falls in love with the prince and all those things, right? And I imagine David walking into the house feeling very much that way. You know, because David walks in from the field where he's tending the sheep and all his brothers are lined up already, right? Because he says, uh, Samuel says, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to eat. We're not going to do anything until David gets here. And so all the brothers are still lined up. All of Jesse's sons, his father's standing there. His brothers are lined up. And it's very evident at this point when David walks in the door that Samuel has already looked at everyone else. And I want you to think about this for a second. What would it feel like for you to walk in and realize that your father and your brothers didn't even consider you whenever they were looking for the future king? Like, how would you feel walking in to the house and it becomes abundantly clear, like, yo, so y'all just did all this without me, huh? Like, so it could have been any of my brothers, but you just thought it, there's no possible way that it could be me. And I think for many of us, we would walk into a situation like that 
and we would actually disqualify ourselves because we would let our own anger, bitterness, frustration get to the best of us. And I want to ask you this question. Have you ever allowed the circumstances that you were walking into dictate how you responded to the opportunity God was giving you? Have you ever allowed the circumstances that were dictated to you? Listen, you can't change what happened before you got there. Have you ever allowed it to dictate the opportunity that God has given you? And so David walks in and and it doesn't appear that he has a haughty spirit or any bitterness. He walks in and like we just read in verse 13, then Samuel anoints David in the presence of his brothers. And I want you to grab a hold of this. Listen, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God doesn't need, like we said last week, God doesn't need anybody, anybody's permission to anoint, to call, to choose, to select, to set you aside for a specific purpose. Because that's what the anointing was in the Old Testament. It means that God was setting you aside. He was calling you with a specific purpose. And I'm here to tell some of you today that, listen, you may have to walk in front of the presence of those that didn't even believe in you in the beginning of all this, but God's going to show you what he's capable of. And so we go to 1 Samuel 16 and pick up for verse 14. And it says that from the and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. In other words, God's spirit rested with David. Now, the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now, to catch you up, Saul is the current king. So David is being anointed as the future king. Saul is the current king. And we see something really powerful happen between verse 13 and verse 14. David, it says that the Spirit of God came on David and rested powerfully on him. And right after that, it says the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, right? And so here's what I want you to grab a hold of today. Because we're talking about the pause. And I want you just to think about the pause for a second. Because today I want to talk to you about the pause of development. You see, how many of us look at the pauses in our life where God hits the pause button? He says, whoa, 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 wait a second. I just want you to sit right here for a little while. How many of us see the pause as the delay of our purpose, the delay in our destiny, but we never see it as a development? You see, what God is trying to show us is that if we'll actually allow God to capitalize on our pause, The development process that can happen in us will prepare us for the destiny that God has for us. But so often we allow the what feels like a delay. You see, many of us don't look for the opportunity for God to build us, to show us, to strengthen us, to put more faith in us, to put more strength in us, to to make hope the center of our foundation, to make joy and peace rise up. And we don't look for those things in the middle of our development. We just see it as a delay. And we allow bitterness and frustration and anger to come up in us. And we're saying, God, I should be over there. And God's saying, you'll be there when it's my time to get you there. And so what happens is we're looking at these times and we're waiting, knowing that God is supposed to be coming through for us. If God gave us what we're waiting for right now, many of us wouldn't even know what to do with it because we haven't become the people that are necessary for the blessing God wants to bring into our life. You see, God has a calling for you, but you have to be ready to receive the calling. And many of us, again, we're taking our development period as a delay period. And God doesn't delay for no reason. So if he's delaying you from where you feel like you should be, that means there's a development that needs to be happening in you to get you to where he needs you to be. And so we pause, but we pause for the development. 
So if God is at the pause button on you, if you feel like there's a promotion, but you can't get there, if you feel like there's a move, but you can't get there, you feel like there's a a next step for your life, but you can't get there, what needs to develop in you during this pause? And then start praying that God would do that. Because just because you have been given the promise doesn't mean you're ready to receive it. There will always be a pause for development between the time frame that God tells you what his plans are for your life and the time frame that those things come about. So what needs to change in us? And the question is, what do we need to learn during our development? We want to give those things to you today, right? Because the first thing I want you to understand is that your character in your season of development will determine your position in your season of favor. Now grab a hold of this for a second. Your character in the season of development will dictate, it will determine your position in your season of favor. See, your character, your patience, your faith is directly tied to your influence, your magnitude, your calling, and your anointing in the midst of your blessing. So who you are today and how you allow God to mold you in this season dictates your capacity in your next season. Grab a hold of this for a second because some of you are waiting for great things in the future, but you're not taking advantage of the things God has for you today. Who God makes you now determines the capacity for your calling tomorrow. And for many of us, we have to grab a hold of the fact that God has more to do in us to get us ready for what's next. Listen, if God just moved you through seasons That means he doesn't have to build you into who you want to be. I remember uh, watching a movie one time and there was a basketball player. They were sitting in front of a coach and they said, coach, I just feel like you're riding me all the time. I feel like you you yell at me constantly. You're you're trying to push me. You're trying to pull me. And, And the coach looked at her and she said, you think I go horse for a player that has no potential? You think I would just yell my head off at a player that's not worth yelling at? That's not worth building? She says, it's because I believe in you that I build you. And listen, it's because God believes in you. It's because he has a purpose for you. It's because he's called you that he needs to build you. But to build you, that means he has to hit pause on your progress so that he can build you up to your potential. Grab a hold of that, man. God has to hit pause on your progress to build you up for your potential. And so God is coming in and he's saying, I got some things to do, but we got to build your character. Because when you get to the high place, I need to know that you're still going to be rooted in what I've built up in you. And so God leads us to that place. In Matthew 25, 21, we see God talking about the talents. He says, you have been faithful over a little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. You see, some of us aren't being faithful with the little things. Therefore, we are not proving ourselves worthy of much. I want you to really grab a hold of this. Are you being faithful with all the things God has already put in your life? Are you proving yourself worthy of what God wants to give you with how faithful you're being with what he's already given you? Now, maybe the answer is yes. And if it is, awesome. But for many of us, I would dare say all of us, there's an element of faithfulness that we could be more faithful with. There's uh, an element of perseverance. There's an element of growth. There's an element of development, that we could become better with how God has already blessed us to prove ourselves worthy and ready for what he's going to bless us with, the the calling he wants to bring into our life. You see, David wasn't from a king's legacy, but God had to line him up with a king's destiny. 
He wasn't from a king's legacy, but God was going to line him up with a king's destiny. You see, he didn't come from royalty, but God was going to set him up to reign. Before he could become sovereign, he had to become a servant. And for many of us, we want sovereignty. We want to rule. We want to be in control. But hear me today. If you're above following, you're below leading. And for many of us, we want to lead. We want to be in control. We want God to give us the calling right now. But we haven't learned to serve. We haven't learned to be faithful. And we haven't learned to develop as people so that God can get us ready for where he's leading us to. And so we keep going in the story in 1 Samuel 16. And what we actually see happen is it says that the Spirit of God left Saul. And then we pick up in verse 17. And, and as we're going there, it says that Saul has evil spirits tormenting him, right? And so one of his servants recommends that they find someone to ease his mind by playing uh, the lyre or the harp, right? And so uh, he, he says, we need to find someone that can play the harp. And we pick up in verse 17. And so Saul said to his, ten, uh, his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. And one of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse, remember Jesse, of Bethlehem, who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. Now, I want you to grab a hold of this because some people skip over this part. Now, we've all heard the story of David and Goliath, right? And what we're taught is that David is some little boy. And he goes to serve uh, under the king. And as he's this little boy, he sees Goliath, this giant. And, uh, and as we're going to get into in the weeks to come, we, he says, he's defying God. And so he gets a slingshot. We know all those things, right? Well, oftentimes we see it portrayed that David is this tiny boy. Well, in reality, and when we read the Bible, it actually says that he's a brave man and a warrior. Which means a good amount of time has passed between his anointing and him getting to the camp with Saul. A decent amount of time has passed between God saying, you're going to be the king and him even being in a position to meet the current king. Because he goes from a little boy tending the sheep to the Bible says he's a brave man and a warrior. So what does that mean for us? That means that David had to be faithful for a while for the development. That means that his pause felt like a stop. It felt like it was forever. And I'm here to tell you today that we need to be faithful in our development. David was faithful in that development period. He said, listen, I'm, I know I'm learning. I know I'm becoming what I need to become during this season. And so the, the attendant said to Saul, he's a brave man and a warrior. He says he speaks well and is a fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. Now, that's important. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David. Listen to this. Who is with the sheep? You see, many of us will never get to sovereignty. We'll never get to the calling. We'll never get to the place God is taking us because we're not faithful with the sheep God has given us. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I want you to grab a hold of it. It says that he was still with the sheep. David was anointed as king, but he was still with the sheep. So what does that mean for us? That means you got to remain faithful where God has put you to prove worthy of where God is taking you. Right. So David gets sent to Saul to serve in even after God has anointed him to be king. And here's what I want you to grab a hold of. It should be just as evident that the Lord is with you in your development as it is in your destination. It should be just as evident that the Lord is with you in your development as it is in your destination. You see, many of us wait for the platform 
for people to see our progress. We want people to see us and the fulfillment. And I'm here to tell you, it needs to be evident that God is with you in the development period. How faithful are you serving God when it doesn't feel like things are going your way? How faithful are you to say yes to the Lord and still watch the sheep, even though you feel like you've been called to be a king? Not just called anointed. You know it's true. How does it look to serve where you're currently working, even though you feel like God has called you to something way bigger and way better? What does it look like to serve the people around you in your community when you feel like God has called you to bigger and better things? Listen, the magnitude of your destination is determined by your faithfulness in your development. And so we keep going. Too many of us want the palace. We want the completion of the promise. Too many of us would rather have the platform to show everyone how God is working in our lives. But hear me, the real testimony of your faith in God isn't your trust in him when you're on the other side of your fire. It's your trust in him right in the middle of it. And it just reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Many of you have heard this story. Long story short, King Nebuchadnezzar builds an idol. He wants everyone to worship this idol. And these three Hebrew boys who serve the Lord said, we're not bowing down to those idols. We're not bowing down to this statue. And so he threatens to kill them. He says, we're gonna, I'm going to throw you into fire. Now, here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Uh, Daniel 3, 16 through 18 is where we're at with that. He says, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Now, grab a hold of this. They're saying, listen, we don't need to defend ourselves. We're not bowing down to your statue. We're not bowing down to this idol. We only bow before, Jesus, or before God in the Old Testament. But representing Jesus, we only bow before the Lord. And he says, we don't even need to defend ourselves. If we're thrown into this blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your hand. That's what they said. But even if he doesn't, now grab a hold of this. They said, even if he doesn't, we're talking about the development period. Even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And many of you know the story. God rescues them. He, he allows them to be thrown into the fire, but it's in the fire that he gets into the fire with them and brings them out. You see, they were faithful in the development period. When they weren't even sure what the outcome was going to be, they're saying, we're going to trust God no matter what. And my question to you today is, are you saying we're going to trust God no matter what? I know this doesn't look the way I felt like I was promised. I'm going to trust God no matter what. I know this looks difficult, and I'm not sure how God's going to work this out, but I'm going to trust him no matter what. I know I was promised health, and I know I was promised all these things, but I'm going to trust God no matter what. I know that I don't know what's going to happen with my child or my children or what's going on, but I'm going to trust God. I don't know what's going to happen with my work and coronavirus and all the things that are going around. I'm going to trust God no matter. I don't know what's going to happen between where God has called me and where I'm currently at in the development period, but you know what? I'm going to trust God no matter what? Because that's what it looks like to be faithful with the Lord. You see, God never promised that we wouldn't face opposition. As a matter of fact, Jesus made it pretty clear that we would face opposition, that we would come in contact with difficult things. But he said he would be with us in the midst of it. The question is, how many of us are only as obedient to God as we feel he has been to us recently? How many of us are only as obedient to God as we feel he's been obedient to us recently? As if God has the capacity to follow our requests, as if we summon him at our will. You see, for many of us, we find ourselves in this position, right, where we go to God and we literally come to him and say, you know what? I know God was faithful a year ago. I know God was faithful a month ago. 
I know he was faithful two weeks ago. But, you know, right now, it doesn't look like he's going to come through the way I want. And I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I'm here to tell you today that we look to God. You see, the boys said but when he got thrown into the fire, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the Bible says. And that's exactly the spirit they had as they were going into the fire. You know what? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, as Job said. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, when you're in your development phase, we have to have that spirit that says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what you're going through right now, the Lord is faithful. No matter where you're at, man, God remains with you. And you may feel like you're in this pause but I'm here to tell you it's in the pause that you get developed. It's in the pause that God makes you who he's making you to get you ready for the destiny. So you can keep complaining about the development, but as long as you're complaining about it, you're not working in it. But the sooner you start working in it, the sooner he gets you where he's taking you. And that's the beauty behind it. Hear me for a second. I want you to understand this. Your current struggle does not dictate the level of God's love for you. Where you're at right now, Whatever you may be going through that you're frustrated about, don't let that dictate the level of God's love and goodness to you. God's goodness, God's love for you was already measured at the cross where Jesus paid for your sins with his life. So whatever happens in this world, this is all temporary. God's goodness, God's love for you is measured with the eternal promise that he's given to the believers. So I want you to understand the pause of development left David both anointed to rule the kingdom while being sent back to rule the sheep. He was promised to be the ruler over the land, but he had to go back and tend the land that he would one day rule. And that's what we have to do is remain faithful in this season. So we go to verse 23 from 1 Samuel 16 again. And it says, Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre, take up his harp, and play. Then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. You see, David was blessed and influential because he was operating in his current calling rather than complaining about his delayed fulfillment. He recognized that his development process was necessary. And hear me for a second. You may have been called to reign the land tomorrow, but you've been called to play the harp today. Now grab a hold of this. I know you may have been promised something big that's coming, but don't underestimate the responsibility that you have today because your faithfulness in the now will prove your readiness for tomorrow. And man, we have to come to that. And I want you to understand how all of this worked out for a second because God is constantly lining things up in your life. And we talk about providence sometimes in the leadership pipeline where we develop leaders and students. And man, it's such an awesome thing that we have. And it kicks off in September. We'll be giving you info on that. But we talked about providence, how God aligns things up to get us where we need to be. And in providence, I want you to grab a hold of this. In providence, you see, Saul needed someone to play the harp. So God was going to allow him to be tormented so that they would go looking for someone that would play the harp. Well, that means that David would have to have been practicing the lyre or harp, if you will, for a while so that he could be good enough at it to be known in the land by someone else so that he could be recommended to Saul, which means he had to have been practicing behind closed doors a lot. 
So he had to be practicing the harp and be remaining faithful, which means he had to be developed when no one else was watching. He had to be developed at a thing that he would be recommended to be before the king to help the king be put at ease. And as we're going to see in the weeks to come, then he's being summoned to come to the king to help. That's when he hears Goliath. And that's when he hears that Goliath is challenging the God of Israel and he steps up to challenge Goliath. So hear me for a second. From the practice of the heart, from the very first time he held that instrument, and it probably didn't sound great. That moment was part of God's plan, lining out the roadmap to get him to his destiny. And for some of you, you are underestimating small moments in your life. You are underestimating things behind closed doors that people can't see. You're underestimating the development period that God has for you. But it's in this season that God's going to line up one step in front of the other, 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 ultimately getting you where he's taking you so that you can get to the destination that he has for you. You see, God's providence is lining you up, getting you to the place where he would rule in your life. Grab a hold of this. God is lining up every aspect of your life to bring himself the most glory from it. So even in these mundane times where you feel frustrated, know that God is lining you up. And I know it's hard sometimes, but the pause is where God is developing you, getting you ready for what he has. And I know for, my, for myself, in my life, this has been hard. For some of you, you're in that situation where, man, you feel like, God, I just need you to come through. I need you to change. I need you to do something. And, and I've even found in my life, especially with my son Jabin, who got sick, and, and he's, he's already gone home to be with the Lord. He died May 18th of 2018. And, and I know that season was hard. For me and my wife, a lot of tears were cried. There's a lot of anger that has built up in me that God is still to this day helping me work through. And I'm here to tell you today that for some of you, you've allowed your current circumstance to diminish your faith in how God is. You think what you're going through now is the dictator. It's the thermometer of God's love for you. And I'm here to tell you today, it's not. And for some of us, we challenge God and say, God, how could you do this? How could you do that? And I was taken back and I constantly get taken back to the book of Job, chapter 38, where God says this. And this is, this is powerful. And every time I read it, I get chills because this is where God comes back to Job. And, and if you haven't read this story, Job lost his children. They died. His wife left him. He lost everything he had. He was a wealthy man. He lost it all. And for almost 30 chapters, we see Job talking with his friends. And they're going back and forth about whether or not good, God is good or God is not good. And finally, in Job chapter 38, God speaks back to him. And he says this, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, God is saying, who is this that knows nothing but wants to challenge my counsel? He says, dress for action like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On, on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? And actually for the next two, two chapters, God comes at him essentially saying, you know nothing, but you're challenging me. And at the end of the book of Job, we see that even though God challenges Job 
and says, you don't know what you think you know, then we actually see God return to Job more than he ever lost. Listen, it didn't mean that Job didn't go through a season of hurting. It didn't mean that it didn't hurt and that he didn't experience pain and struggle. What it meant is that even in the midst of the pain and the struggle, even when he felt like his life got put on pause, even in the midst of this development for Job, just like the development for David and the development for the three Hebrew boys we talked about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even in the midst of all of that, God proves himself faithful and says, don't worry, you may not have the answers you want, but I have the answers you need. And I want some of you to grab a hold of this today. Remain close to God in your development because it'll get you to your destiny. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, God, that you're faithful to us, that even when we feel like, God, we don't have answers, we're grateful that you have answers. And even when we don't get the answers that you have for us, God, we're grateful that we can trust and lean on you. We're thankful that you're rich in grace and mercy, that even when we get frustrated and angry in the midst of our development, God, you're faithful to carry us no matter what. And so God, I pray for those of us who have grown weary and tired, Lord, that you would lift our heads and that God, we would trust in you again and put our faith in you that you've got this and we can believe in you. So God, help us remain faithful, encourage us in our development, and remind us, God, that you're preparing us for our destiny. You're good and we're grateful for you, God. Lift every heart, lift every head. Let them be encouraged through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name, amen. And for those of you that are watching right now, for some of you, you need the strength of God in your life, but before you can get the strength of God, you actually need God himself in your life. Some of you just don't know the Lord today. And I'm here to tell you that God has carved out just a moment right now. And he's tugging on your heart right now. He's, he's speaking directly to you. And he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And if you are at this place where God is saying that he wants you to have a fresh start, a new beginning. You've got sin in your life and he wants to wash that away. And he's saying right now, I want you to be mine. I want you to be forgiven of your sins, to live a life with me, and prepare for an eternity in heaven with me. If that's you right now, I wanna pray with you today and introduce you to the God that loves you and is ready to give you a clean start and a new beginning, not just for a development, not just for a destiny, but for an eternity that he has for you. So if that's you today, I wanna to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, I'm, Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you, that when you died for me, you paid for my sins. And that faith makes you saved. And so let's pray today. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen.